Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball tools and articles on the entire internet. Go check them out. Why haven't you checked them out already? We've been plugging them for a very, very long time. They've uh, always been putting out an incredibly excellent product with tons of free tools. Hashtag basketball.com. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me as always is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Uh, another great day and another great fantasy week upcoming, Michael. It is, um, we're getting there, right? We're we're sneaking up to the trade deadline in a lot of leagues. Uh, the NBA trade deadline is is also uh, sneaking up on us as well. You know, I, a lot of people might still think the trade deadline is after the All-Star break, and it is not. It is before the All-Star break, everybody. So this, this next few, so this week or so could be very, very interesting uh, with teams trying to maneuver their way into playoff contention. And that's probably what you should be doing too as, as a fantasy basketball manager as well. Yeah, and I mean, the next two weeks are going to be huge um, in the sense that, right, the trade deadline's on the 7th. So, you know, that's um, when it gets to be Thursday, right? It's only one week away. Um, and then we're going to see some shifts in value there. And the buyout market really picks up right after that, right? For the next like three, four, five days, we see a lot of the guys who are going to get bought out, get bought out. And after that, you know, it's pretty much smooth sailing, save for the injuries that happen late in the season. So, um, now's really the important time to make that push over the next two weeks and really solidify your roster, whether it's, you know, through pickups of guys who are gaining value because of trades or you making trades yourself uh, the next two weeks can be very important. Yeah. Um, this is really could make or break your way, whether you either, um, get in to the finals or get into the, even just the playoffs or, once you get into the playoffs, you make your way into the finals. So you really got to pay attention on Twitter. Uh, we are going to try to bring you uh, quicker uh, updates if there are any crazy trades that happen on the uh, podcast as well. But if you want to get even quicker feedback, uh, go check out patreon.com slash watching the boxes and subscribe. You get access to exclusive content. You get podcasts earlier than the general public. And during this trade season, you might be getting some advice on who to pick up and uh, what are the effects of certain trades uh, quicker than our regular listeners who will get it when we uh, get the podcast out, but our Patreon subscribers will get it early, uh, patreon.com slash watching the boxes. If you want that exclusive content, uh, subscribe. We really appreciate all our subscribers out there. Uh, Tyler, I got a question for you. What do you think about this? The tables have turned. Oh, Michael, I guess I'm ready for it. But uh, this is related to what we're talking about. Uh, when do you prefer to have in a, let's just say a redraft league, when do you prefer to set the trade deadline? So I don't really like to have the trade deadline before the actual NBA trade deadline. Um, and the whole reason for that is I, I just think that kind of hamstrings some owners because you don't really have any say in who gets traded, right? And value can swing a lot from trades. So I just don't really like to have the trade deadline before that because you might 
get screwed with somebody on your roster that you don't really want. And then like your only recourse then is to drop somebody and pick somebody else up. And that might not be uh, the best thing for winning your fantasy championship. So, um, and they move the trade deadline up a little bit, which is nice. So for me, like the ideal time would probably be like about a week after the trade deadline, maybe even two weeks. You got to have it before your playoffs start. So depending on how early you want to start your playoffs, um, that matters too. Yeah, I feel I feel like people start their playoffs a little too early. I know they're trying to avoid those last few weeks, but I really think you only have to avoid like the last two weeks at most. Um, the, the, I don't think you really need to avoid too many more games than that. Uh, people are still being competitive, and everybody has to play on the same playing field up until that point. So uh, you know, I, I like to start my playoffs as late as possible, and I agree. Uh, the trade deadline should be after the real NBA trade deadline at some point, whether it's the day or a week, but before your playoffs. Yeah, like one of my leagues has it on the 30th, and I just think that's way too soon. Like, And the bad part about this league is it's a league where there's no waiver wire either. So if a trade goes down between the 30th and the 7th, you know, you can really kind of get screwed there and have no recourse on how to fix it. Now, now if you if you trust – everyone in a redraft league why do you even need a trade deadline well i mean i i guess once the playoffs start you shouldn't be allowing trading especially in a redraft league just f- because that's only asking for shadiness to happen right yeah it's definitely it's like i mean the reason there's a trade deadline is to stop super shady nonsense going on but yeah i mean i'm with you and in in some dynasty leagues like I'm, I mean, most of my ones that I play in, like, it stops when the playoffs start. Like, there's no real trade deadline. It's just whenever the playoffs start, there's no trading until the playoffs are over. And then trading's back right back up as soon as the the finals matchup ends. Yeah. And then trades are right back open to literally anybody. That's uh, a lot of the keeper leagues I play in and or dynasty leagues are pretty much there's a there's a break and then it's it's open season once again. Yeah, and I think that's how it should be. You know what I mean? Like, you shouldn't. You should let teams trade right up until the last – it's right up until the tra- the playoffs start in those kind of leagues, in my opinion, right? Like the trading should be open basically all but three or four weeks of the year. Yeah. Why not? I mean, like that makes your league interesting, and um, I encourage literally anything uh, to make a league more interesting because when people are engaged, your league is going to be more fun. And that's why I tell people, you know, shallower leagues, if you're especially when you're starting out, Encourage trades, have a, uh, a good waiver wire. Shallower leagues are probably a better place to start before you get into, like, you know, wondering if uh, you know, Maxi Kleber is, is going to be uh, playing. Like, you know, even Maxi Kleber in, in bigger leagues is like a must own. It's, it's pretty weird. Dude, are you hating on Maxi Kleber? You, you heard what I said. I think I actually just picked him up in one of a, my not even that deep leagues. Um. So a lot of people who cover the Mavericks like to say he's one of the most underrated players in the NBA. That sounds like a Mavericks uh, mantra. Don't they always have like a Brandon Wright, like a just somebody on their team where it's like, man, the guy's so underrated. And it's like, no, that guy's probably uh, properly rated. He's not. Well, bad. here's the thing I'll say about Maxi, and you don't really get this the full scope of this unless you watch a lot of Mavericks games is he's actually really good at protecting the rim for a relatively short guy. 
Like he's probably yeah. only like six nine, six ten. And the dude blocks shots like crazy. And he's one of those guys who is never afraid to like challenge you at the rim, which also lets him get poster as from time to time, obviously. But like if you go up and try to take it strong to the rim, he's gonna try to meet you at the summit and block your shot. Um and I'm I'm a big fan of that, right? Because that takes some some stones. Yeah, I feel like uh, good teams have like anytime I've ever really like thought the Bulls were good. There's always a guy on the bench that like the rest of the league legitimately has never heard of, but then like he's coming in and playing significant. Like you could tell he's being effective while he's on the court. Just like they pass the eye text test. I feel like Maxi Kleber for Dallas is like he passes the eye test when he comes in. He's like not making too many mistakes. He's usually in the right spot. He's usually do. He usually does something that helps impact the game at least to a certain level. And like that's exactly what you want coming off your bench if you're if you're a good team. Yeah, and, and I think all those guys get underrated, and then then the inverse sometimes happens with them, right? They're underrated for so long that they get overrated because someone finally catches on, and then you know, I mean, they get a starting role somewhere, and they get paid a lot of money, and things often play them out. Yeah, and it turns out they weren't that good. It's like, yeah, their role was to come in and play against second squads, uh, but well, we're, we're gonna see we're gonna see guys like that come out in, uh, on these bad teams end up playing starters minutes down the stretch though, so. Some of those guys are worth watching. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, I mean, we talk about this every year, and I guarantee we'll be talking about it in a couple weeks. Like, there'll be a time where, you know, someone goes down with an injury, especially on those bad teams that only have, like, one superstar. And, you know, some random bench player who plays 20 minutes a game right now will be playing 35 minutes and be useful for fantasy because he's getting a lot of rebounds or he's getting a few assists. And, you know, those things matter. They certainly do. We're going into week 16 here. Uh, like I said, the, the season, especially you head-to-head teams, uh, you hardcore Roto players out there, shout out to you. You still got a long way to go. But uh, you head-to-head, guys, like it's coming down to the last stretch here before the playoffs. And um, we got a real – another really weird week. I feel like the, the year started out where all the weeks were pretty – normal pretty straightforward um there were you know a lot of games were avoiding um you know certain football days like there wouldn't be a lot of games on saturday and sunday and stuff like that but now that we're here in the dead of winter and everybody's freezing to death and the 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 depths of the snow are are coming to take uh your, your children away it's getting weird it's getting really weird and this week is no exception there are 12 games um, 12 games on Saturday, 12. So like basically almost the entire league is playing on Saturday, but only three people are playing on Sunday. The rest of the week is kind of a, a mix of like five, six, seven games. Well, Sunday's the last football day, right? I mean, the Super Bowl yeah. is on Sunday. So that's why there's only three games. And uh, I believe the three games are a little bit earlier in the day. Uh, don't quote me on that. They've done that the last couple of years with the Super Bowl, basically to let the Super Bowl shine. And they know everyone's going to watch the Super Bowl anyways, for the most part, because even people I know that hate football usually watch the Super Bowl, if not for the commercials, just because everybody else they know is watching it. Yeah, like it's simply a national event. It's one of the few that are even left now that uh, everybody has their own uh, niche TV that they can watch. If you want to watch only crime dramas from Eastern Europe, like you could do that for the rest of the year. Like you could, Everyone could watch whatever little piece of genre that they want. But the Super Bowl is still like a, a public event. Like even um, 
I don't I, I watch the Super Bowl probably every year. I probably don't watch too much of it. Um but I'm not a big football fan, but I end up getting invited to some Super Bowl party. And it's like, hey, it's an excuse to like get drunk and hang out with your friends and eat. Uh someone's always gonna make like nacho cheese dip. And it's like, who doesn't want to eat nacho cheese dip? It's great. It's the best. Well, and that's another reason you gotta love the Super Bowl, right? It's a good time to pig out and hang out. And so yes, one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, the three games go on oh. on Sunday. So I'm excited. Yeah. I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna have people over for the the basketball games. Hey, that Thunder Celtics game at two o'clock on ABC. Mm, yeah. Pretty I'm interesting gonna... game. Now that one o'clock game, man, don't invite them over for that. Memphis against New York. I mean, Ooh, that's not no. a team. No, that doesn't sound very good. Uh, but yeah, have an early Super Bowl. That way, by the time the Super Bowl rolls around, everybody's good and like real hammered, and then you can start bringing out the all the other food and stuff like that. Have make them come over and help you cook. It's the dude. Super Bowl party. I, I will say this about the Super Bowl: it's like the only time of the year I eat bologna. Is that weird? Bologna. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that's uh, that's weird. Who's who's got bologna at their Super Bowl party? That's that's kind yeah, of a well, weird. It's um, a weird item. I don't know, man. A lot of people around me eat bologna like all the time because like hunting is big here. And so like the the only especially deer hunting. Yeah. So the, the only good way to eat a deer is if you make like venison bologna. Oh, well, that I'm, I was going to say that's a little bit different because like that's actually real. You know, it's still processed, but it's like, you know, fresher food. I'm thinking of like like Lunchables bologna. No, 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 no. That's no. what I was thinking. No, I mean, no, I'm bringing that to the party. I'm talking about like real legitimate, like pretty fresh meat bologna. I I would happily eat some venison bologna. That sounds delicious. Yes. But it's you like, fr- the- do you fry it? Have you ever fried the bologna? I have not. You should try it. Fried bologna is pretty good. Um, but yeah, so that's like the only time of the year I eat that. So that's kind of my weird Super Bowl thing. That is, that is a little strange, uh, but sounds, I mean, it sounds pretty good. I'm, I'm interested in, in eating some. I need to get some more hunt. Uh, I got some hunting friends down south, but they always uh, they always make me uh, deer jerky. And it keeps longer. That's nice, and it's very good. Uh, but I've not seen the deer bologna. Oh, deer bologna, very good. Underrated food. There you go. A little little extra tidbit for our listeners out there. Uh, but let's get into week sixteen. The Portland Trail Blazers are only playing one single game this week. That's I mean, this is the second – isn't this like the second or third week in a row where there's just been a team that plays like one game? And I know there was one London game. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, but th- lately there's been some games where teams are just playing one game a week. That makes – like in my head that makes zero sense at this time of the year. And then we have, what, five teams playing two games this week. So a really, really weird week. Yeah, and there's just less games this week, right? Like we saw last week there was three – uh, days with double digit games and you know you mentioned it Saturday's the only one this week so there's just gonna be less games um so yeah you know starting any blazer i would say is pretty much nearly impossible and if you read my article this week i made the case uh with damian lillard like if even if damian lillard has a great game where he drops 40 points and 12 assists like you need a four game player who averages 11 points and 3.2 assists per game and you get more production from the four game player so that's not really that good of a player, is it, Mike? Like, there's plenty of those guys probably available on your waiver wire, averaging 11 points and 3.2 assists. So, yeah, I think if you're sitting in a in a 12 team league, there's quite a few 11 and three guys out there. So it's like, 
Yeah. Dave could get real hot, probably even drop maybe 55. But uh, you're probably better off looking for someone who's playing four games this week. Right, and then even when we look at those two, those guys with two games, right, the Cavs, the Timberwolves, the Suns, the Kings, the Raptors, like maybe you're starting Carl Anthony Towns, you know, maybe Devin Booker, maybe Kawhi Leonard. But other than that, like it's going to be difficult to start those guys too. So um, I'm always looking for four-game guys to maximize my roster. And this week I will say that we got a better crop than we do some other weeks. Like some weeks it's the, the seven, eight, nine guys are a little hard to find. This week we got some some decent players. The last two are a little bit questionable, but the other eight are pretty strong names yeah. to add. I'm, uh, I'm looking at this list, and it's a lot of players that uh, I like, a lot of players that I've picked up before in the past. And it's good to see a familiar a familiar name on there, Justin Holiday, uh, who's been playing a, a lot more minutes on the on the Memphis since uh, kind of like you know half that team is injured at this point. Um, he was having an incredibly good year playing in all the garbage blowout time for the Chicago Bulls until they uh, what they moving for cash considerations. I, I, so it's hard to keep up with how many cash consideration trades the Bulls end up doing this, this year. Well, it might as well have been cash considerations. I mean, it was basically the same thing. It's pretty close. I think we got a draft pick out of it. But uh, Justin Holiday back into uh, playing close to starters minutes, and he is a really good uh, steals candidate. Um, I'm not sure he's going to be playing at the at the level he used to play, but I still think if he's playing like 35, 36 minutes, you know, he's been starting. He's going to give you you know somewhat close to what he was producing earlier this year yeah and this grizzlies team plays a little bit slower so you gotta you gotta factor that in but i mean he's gonna score the bulls that's impressive he's gonna give you steals threes rebounds um that are all good he's gonna score some decent points too like not great but he's probably gonna give you double digits which that helps and so yeah justin holiday be a great ad this week he's a he's a good wing um marcus smart is still like criminally underrated he's getting tons of steals and even in like you know below starters minutes he's still worth an ad i think uh and the fact that he's only owned in 38 percent of leagues is pretty shocking well and we talked about this last week right like some of his contributions are just very underrated and by that i mean like this this big they're not big numbers right so people are like oh well he's doing that little bit and that little bit and that little bit but those little bits matter a lot, right? Like his four rebounds is a positive value, right? Like Paul George is averaging – or his four assists, I mean, it's positive value. Paul George also averaging four assists. If you look at um, the valuation on Basketball Monster, it's a plus 0.33. So it's not like game change or anything, but that's a positive category, right? His yeah. 1.7 steals are obviously a very big plus. Um, that has a positive value of 1.54 which is very good. Um, and then he's he's helping you in some other ways too, right? Like his 0.4 blocks are not really that much of a negative. And that matters from a guard. Like for a guard, those are very, very good. He's still getting you three rebounds. He's getting you a three-pointer and a half, which is basically right around the uh, even value there too. So he's helping you in a lot of ways that don't seem like he's helping you. Yeah, and over time that adds up. He's not going to have any uh... – 
he might have the occasional flashy line, right? But most of his lines are going to be like, oh boy. But then you kind of take a better look at it. You're like, oh, well, like, you know, three steals. Cool. Oh, for some reason he got a, a block. That's uh, great. Cool. And then over the course of, you know, a week, that uh, that certainly matters. Yeah, and to get it from a guard, like half a block a game from a guard is is just special, and most people don't see it that way. But how many guards are averaging, like, a block a game? There's not really very many. No, that's a rare uh, feat that's usually uh, reserved for people like Dwayne Wade, uh, who was a, a very good blocking guard uh, so, back in the day. So you want to you want to play the game today, Michael? Let's do it. I'm interested. How many guards this season? And I think this is pretty much everybody. Oh. This is on Basketball Monster. How many guards are averaging over a block a game? Guard eligible according guard. to Basketball Monster. According guard to Basketball Monster, over a half a block a game. Is you're saying? Uh, no, I'm saying averaging a full block. A full block a game. That's really. I mean, that's pretty tough. Uh, well, is Giannis a guard? Are we counting him as a guard? Uh, not according to this. Oh, okay. I'm going to say there's two guys, three guys. There are zero. What? Zero? Kent Bazemore and John Wall are averaging 0.9. Okay. Both of them uh, have been uh, very, very injured. Yes, but that's it. Those are the top two. Okay. So you want to guess how many are averaging more than a half a block? Okay. Well, that, I was surprised. I'm going to have to lower my expectations. Uh, I'm going to say only – if those guys are 0.9. You got a few guys in there doing some good stuff. Jimmy Butler's always kind of good. I'm going to say like six. They're over Averaging over a half, there's 27. Whoa. Half or more, 27. 27. That's incredible. I was actually, I thought it was way, way, way less. Including Justin Holiday. Yeah. Okay, well, I don't know if we should count him. Or um, let me, you know, I don't know if we should count all the guys on that list, is what I'm saying. Well, I mean, but my point, I guess, in saying that is, right, there's only 27 people averaging half a block. Most leagues, how many guards are started? Three, four, sometimes. You can well, get, yeah, you can, you can get five in there, depending on what your settings are. Right, I would say that the average is probably around four. So yeah. even in a 10-team league, that's 40. So you can already see that half a block is pretty special. Yeah, take take what you can get. And if you can get it out of your guards, you might as well. And if, you know, Marcus Smart is going to play four games this week, we were just kind of talking about how that's going to matter a lot. Um, you got Dame Lillard playing one game. You got, uh, you know... Cat playing two games. You got Devin Booker playing two games, but you got Marcus Smart playing four. And you got another guy on this list who, like, you know, w- would you rather have Kevin Knox play four games or Dame Miller play one game? Um, well, it depends. If I needed assists, I would probably have to go for Damian Lillard just because, right? You, if assists is the category you're worried about. Yeah, if that's the only one. If you're worried about, like, the rest of it, though, like Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox has been-, been playing well. And over the last 20 games, which is basically since December 1st, the dude's playing 34.7 minutes a night and averaging 15.8 points, 5.3 rebounds, and 2.13 pointers made per game. That's pretty good. So for as much hate as he gets, if you look at his full season stat line, it doesn't look that good. Basically over the last two months, he's been pretty freaking good. Yeah. 
Definitely. Like, so, he's worth, I think he's worth rostering uh, if, if you need those types of if statistics. So you want to talk about how far blocks are down for a second? Because I found this stat pretty crazy, too. Okay, let me hear it. So how many forward-eligible people, according to Basketball Monster, averaging one block a game or more? Forward-eligible, one block a game or more. So there were zero guards, right? Yes. Well, I would say there's probably a few. Uh, probably at least like a top. There's like a top ten for sure. Giannis and like Davis and all those guys. Kevin Durant, obviously. Uh, you got a handful of forwards who are pretty decent at blocks. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say twenty. I'm gonna say twenty. There are fifteen. Fifteen man blocks are really down. That's I'm surprised by that. And if you just look at everybody, right? So if you just throw in everyone into the pot, okay, okay. and say how many people in the league are averaging more than a block a game, so the entire NBA. Okay, entire NBA. If there were what you said, fifteen averaging over a block that are guards, I would say there's probably at least. 15 centers who are averaging more than the bus. I'm going to say 30. There are 34. Whew, that was close. That's it. 34 in the entire NBA averaging a block a game or more. So, I mean, those blocks then, hey, they're hard to come by. And you got a couple, um, you know, kind of like, not I wouldn't say standout, but like you have some good uh, bigs on this list uh, who do get blocks. Noah Vonley. Uh, back in the uh, for some reason playing uh, once again for the New York Knicks and then probably falling off in the next week and then coming back in the next week because this is a terrible terrible asshole. But uh, Von Light, he's getting close to a block a game. He's getting the steal a game. And then Bismack Biombo, who's been averaging um, uh, decent enough minutes to be rostered uh, or at least streamed, getting lots of uh, good rebounds in, tw- in just twenty one minutes a game and over a block a game. Yeah, 1.3 blocks, which is huge. Um, yeah, so I, you know me, I don't like to put Knicks on the list, but, you know, Vonley is producing and he's playing. Um, Fizdale could change that at any moment, but I, I'd ride Vonley this week. I'd put him in my lineup. He's been playing very consistent, like 26 minutes. He's getting good rebounds, good steals, good blocks. You're getting you nearly a three-pointer a game. Um, I'm fine with that, too. There's a lot of that's what I said. I mean, like this list is pretty healthy. You know, even looking down a little further, you got Damari Carroll and Jeremy Lin. Like both guys have been playing pretty well in the month of January, and that's important. You know, what I mean, like riding hot streaks is important. So um, there's a lot of good guys to add with four games this week. Well, you better all get on it because it is crunch time, like we were saying here in week 16. And since the schedule is a uh, heavy on uh saturday the rest of the week's kind of open for uh, you should probably have a few spots open uh so a lot of uh opportunities to stream this week for uh, teams that don't have a weekly lock uh tyler are there, are there any teams that you are looking particularly at when uh, looking for back-to-backs or uh, even uh going into week 17 um so there's a couple interesting teams here and um the boston celtics are probably one of the teams with the best schedule this week um, in the sense them and the New York Knicks probably share the honor. But like I mentioned, the Knicks are a little bit hard to uh, fat. They're a little bit hard to fathom because they change that rotation so much, but they all play four games on later scheduled days and they play three times at home, which 
teams mostly get a bump at home as far as production goes. So those are the two teams that kind of looking at there. Um, moving into next week, which is another week where you're going to want to win, right? Um, we're getting a little bit crazy. There's no Sunday, Monday back-to-backs. Oh, no. So you don't, love, you don't love that. Um, no, then, go all, then, you know what I say? This is Every week counts. Go all in this week. Right, but then you got some Sunday, Tuesday back-to-backs that might be worth picking up, and and to mention the Boston Celtics and New York Knicks, both those teams play on Sunday and on Tuesday. So if you're going to make one ad for the week, I'd probably shoot for um, someone from those two teams, be that Marcus Smart, be that Nova Online, be that somebody else playing for the, one of those two teams. Yeah, I like I like a lot of these back-to-backs you got here. Uh, you know, Julia Okafor surprising everybody by playing tons of minutes uh, due to Anthony Davis's injury. Shout out to him for staying relevant, um, having having some playing some very good minutes, and uh, I, I like you throwing in there uh, Corey Joseph, who's playing a little bit more because of the Oladipo uh, Oladipo injury. So both of those guys are kind of catching my interest this week. Um, very sad about Oladipo. We did talk about that in a, in in the previous podcast, but uh, it does look like you know. It's going to give a few extra minutes to, um, you know, I think Thad Young's going to get a little bit more usage, right? But uh, it looks like Darren Collison and uh, Tyreek Evans are, are both going to be the uh, the benefactors here. Yeah, and it will be interesting to see um, how this team trends, right? Like if they start losing a lot, what happens? If they start, you know, if they can keep their head above water, if Tyreek can stay healthy – talk about that a lot right Tyreek's been known to be hurt so maybe that could give more run to Corey Joseph too it also makes you see if they make a trade I mean they're in the thick of that playoff hunt so can they can they swing you know some assets together and trade for something that's you know gonna keep them in the hunt I mean it's it'll be they're one of the teams I'm definitely watching over the next kind of you know until the trade deadline on the February 7th yeah, I'm keeping an eye on them. Are there any other teams that you're like, hmm, maybe maybe we need to make sure that team stays on my Twitter account for the next week? Um, so if we're just talking about trade deadline stuff, uh, there's actually quite a few teams I'm keeping my eye on. Um, as far as selling teams, um, the list is is pretty straightforward, and most people know know the names, right? Um, you got the New York situation, right? They're not competing. They've got a puppy, so I wouldn't be surprised if they made some moves, right? Yeah. Uh, Chicago's going to sell off anything they can sell off. Yeah, there's fire sale in Chicago, right? Uh, uh, Orlando might be in the market to get rid of one of their their overloaded uh, group of, of bigs. And they need a damn point guard. They're going to have to get a point guard at some point. So, and the draft only really has two point guards. Now they're going to be picking pretty high. So maybe they go for one of them, but I could see them trading for a point guard. I could see them trading for someone like Dennis Smith Jr. Um, the Wizards are still a team to watch, right? They made a push now, but I could see them trying to get rid of Otto Porter. I mean, I don't know why they'd trade Bradley Beal. I mean, that's the best asset they have, but I, I mean, they're not the smartest team in the world. So that might happen. Um, and then, you know, looking at the West, I think Memphis is probably going to sell off. Now, whether they could find someone to take us all in Conley, I don't know, but they could sell off some of those other veterans that they have. So they're kind of an interesting team to watch. It'll be interesting to see what the Pelicans do. Um, the Mavericks, right? The Timberwolves, like some of these teams, because there's so many teams competing, 
some of these teams could decide to go the other way and try to improve their draft pick. Um, and the lottery is a lot more spread out this year in the sense that the lower, the teams with the better records have a higher chance of getting the number one pick. So that alone could be a little bit of incentive for them to, you know what I mean? Tank and basically yeah. be in the lottery and try to get a higher draft pick. So that whole Western conference jumble there, it'll be interesting to see what some of those teams um, decide to do. Uh, the Mavericks are probably going to try to make a move too. I mean, they've got their expiring contracts of Wes Matthews, DeAndre Jordan. They've got the white pal who they probably like to trade, making $8 million next year. And then there's the whole Dennis Smith Jr. thing. So um, there could be a lot of action or there could not be any. So it'll be really interesting to watch. Yeah. I The fact that we're sitting here I'll be thinking that uh, there's going to be a ton of action, knowing knowing how this, this usually goes down, we're sitting here. I think there's going to be a ton of action. We're predicting a very, very busy uh, trade deadline, and we'll see like uh, Felicio, Cristiano Felicio, get bought out, and then for some reason the Bulls give away a second round draft pick to another team for no reason. Like that's going to be the end of it. Like it won't be that busy at all. Well, so and, it. that's probably that's how it usually goes. Well, and I will say this too that a, that limits moves is. The whole cap space thing, right? Nobody really is under the cap. So it makes every team's got to match up salaries. So trading for someone like DeAndre Jordan making 20 million means you have to give up someone making 20 million. Well, you know what I mean? Like the guy making 20 million probably is a pretty decent player. So, you know, maybe. I know a guy who could make a 20 million who's not that decent of a player. And and those are usually on bad teams, so it you know it, it makes it harder for these trades to go down when no one has cap space because, you know I mean they're just limited in the moves they can make. Now that's not to say that there won't be moves, and I still think there will be moves, but, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is it'll be an interesting week and a half. I'm hoping for a very interesting trade deadline, uh, moving into that. Uh, like that, that's what you want. You want to mix it all up. You want to give some people a chance. So. Stay tuned to watching the boxes. Stay tuned to our uh, Twitter accounts as well. You can can, find can me- we say it once real quick before yeah, we leave? Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I think you're requesting a trade like a headline. How's that big news? It's not – everyone's requesting a trade. But I was just like – I was scrolling through the, the feeds here, um, and like that was like all over. Was that yesterday? On Saturday? Was that on Friday? And I'm like, how – I'm like, how is this like top news? Like, Ooh. he's Don Maker, man. Has he even like played more than like 20 minutes a game at any point? Yeah, like the do are people people mixing him up with uh, Pascal Siakam? Like, even then, I'm sure people out there are like, I don't know who either one of those dudes are. I'm trying to go to the Super Bowl party. Like, that the Don Maker requesting a trade is very strange. Well, and like, okay, you're 21 years old, and I get it. You want to play, but I don't understand how it's news. Like, uh, just do something, man. Do prove, yeah, prove something. Yeah. Get in uh, the get into a game for once. How about that? Um, hey, shoot your shot, pawn maker. Whatever. Uh, like, I guess you got a, a either a good agent or a really bad agent. I can't. We'll find out. I guess pretty soon whether well, he is and, a good or a bad agent. And I'll say this about those types of players they they get pigeonholed by their situation right because the team that picked them so high doesn't want to give up on them 
Yeah, they're kind of stuck due to but circumstances. The, so we right, can't trade this guy away from nothing. He was like a top right. Behind. And that's what I mean. And then the other teams want to get him for nothing because they're like, well, you're not playing him, so he can't be that good. Yeah, it's, it's just uh, an old-fashioned, no one's going to move standoff. Yeah, right. Catch-22 right there, as they say. Uh, yeah, poor, uh, poor Thonmaker. I guess I don't feel too bad for Thonmaker. He's making quite a bit of money. Um, good for him. Hey, good for Thonmaker. Uh, but, yeah, if you are, are, are wanting to stay informed – uh, you should be on Twitter, and if you are on Twitter, you should be following us. Uh, you can follow me at Watch the Boxes. You can follow Tyler at Tyler P Watts. Um, do that now. Do that soon. Get on Twitter and, and, and just type that in right now. Uh, it really, you know, if you want to leave feedback for the show, let us know. If you like the show, rate, review us on whatever you're listening to us on, or go to Patreon.com/slash/WatchingTheBoxes and subscribe. Uh, and you will get uh, early access to certain podcasts. And uh, during this trade season, you will get early access to our thoughts as well. So uh, stay tuned for that. That is patreon.com slash watching the boxes. And that is it for us tonight. Have a good one, everybody.